Hi, I'm Melissa. Hi, I'm Kara, and you're listening to Cultivated Conversations. A space where we talk about life, family, work, where we're getting it right, and where we're getting it wrong. And what it means to live and purchase ethically in a fast-moving world. Grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, pull a seat up at the table, and know that wherever you are on your journey, you belong, and we are so glad you've joined us. Well, welcome. Today we have Jacqueline on the podcast. Welcome, Jacqueline. Hi, gals. We're so excited to have you here. And Jacqueline is actually a friend of mine um, because last year, 2016, we had the chance to travel to Guatemala together. We did, which is always so fun. When you travel with someone, you learn a lot about them, right? You, (laughs) You learn how they deal with uncomfortable situations, uncomfortable dynamics, you learn how curious they are. So I always love to travel with with girls I don't really know that well because I get to really know them in about three or four days. Really get to know each other. So it's true. So that true. Was sweet, sweet moments. But that is where we began talking like that was our first real interaction about fair trade and ethical purchasing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well Jacqueline, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who you are, family, life, work? Oh gosh, how much time do we have? And are we all drinking? Because I can go, I can go way back. Um, and my my personal life, I'm I'm from Oklahoma, so you girls are near and dear to my heart. You understand my my shopping trends and habits coming from a smallish town in Oklahoma and not having a lot of options around me. Um, but really, I think what kind of what my path was was I worked in advertising. My first job, I, I moved to Dallas, like the big city outside of, you know, Oklahoma to get my first job and had some great experience and met some great people at my first job and then moved to Austin, Texas because Dallas just wasn't my scene. I want to be able to go to the grocery store without a bra on. I want to be able to not wear makeup <laughs> sometimes and have it just it just felt like a little bit more home to me. Like I, I wanted to be who I was and not get any flack for it right and and that's one of the beautiful things I think Austin has so <clears throat> I worked in an advertising agency here as well and you know I noticed that life started becoming a little hollow and I knew I wanted to do something that mattered to me so during this time I was you know I, I met my now husband and um, I started going back to school at night so I was working full-time and going back to school to get a master's in international affairs and I got to travel a lot with my master's degree. That's the great news about having an, a higher ed education is that you can pitch your deans on, hey, I'm gonna go to Africa for a month and write a paper on it. Can I get course credit? And they're like, sure. <laughs> um, I did a master's in Australia and worked for Amnesty International, which is a human rights organization. Wait, a different master's? A second master's? No, that was that was the same. Oh, so okay. I, did, I did my thesis over refugee oh, policy. Okay. So what? you spend months doing research. Kara's spend... falling in love with you over here. Oh, over again. <laughs> oh, man. Gosh, it was just a wild ride. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just knew what I was passionate about, and so I followed it, you know? Yeah. And Were you married at this time? No. I was okay. dating Joe. Joe and I were dating. And, you know, I mean, had I had not had an understanding partner, you know, who really oh, just... For sure believed in who I was and believed in my dreams like like that would have never worked you know like most men would have been like uh I think we're (laughs) I think we're done now but I mean he was always very much 
like, you need to go live this out. Like, you know, don't hold back. Like, that was always his thing. And if we work out, we work out, which was scary at the time. But, I mean, I believe in that. So, yeah, Joe and I would Skype in the middle of the night. When I, when I did that and came home, like, I literally did not have a plane ticket back. Like, I didn't know my plan. I booked a ticket. I went over there. I worked. It was the most challenging emotional work I've ever been a part of. But when I got back, I knew that I wanted to start using my skills and talents for doing work that I believed in. So that could be, you know, a variety of things. Um, I contacted a media company in Austin that was like three people that told stories of good throughout the world the week before I was supposed to come home. And they offered me a job on Monday. So I, I got a job two days before I left Australia. I came home and I started work on Monday. And I was like... What are the odds, you know? Yeah. I mean, I had no plan. I was applying anywhere. I was applying to get visa status in Australia to stay because I did love the country. I just knew that from an emotional standpoint, I couldn't be a refugee caseworker. Um, So all that to say, I came here. I came home to Austin. I worked for this small media company for about a year um, telling stories of good throughout the world. Had you gotten into ethical purchasing at all during this period? No, I had no idea. I'd always been a person that loved fashion. I love mm-hmm. um, that it, you know, it's a, it's like a, a form of expression for me, you know. It's not about having right. the latest things or being, like, aesthetically pleasing or beautiful. It's like, oh, I like to mm-hmm. express myself and be creative and be different. And I always had that perspective of fashion, but I didn't, I wasn't involved in ethical fashion at all. Yeah. So... The company that I was working for uh, wanted to move me to San Fran. That is when I found Noonday Collection. And, you know, their website was just low budget and everything. I mean, it was very small. This was four or five Mm -hmm. years ago now. And so I just thought, oh, well, this company has such a beautiful message and mission, and they need a lot of marketing help. And so I emailed, uh, that t- at that time, it was like an email to Jessica's personal email, you know. <laughs> I just emailed her over and over of like, I need to meet you, I need to talk to you, I know I can help you. And after four or five emails, she finally said, okay, well, come on in and let's talk. Uh, so I had two interviews, and then I was hired for all the things, you know. <laughs> yeah. I just loved how it combined this beautiful mm-hmm. thing that I was interested in of fashion yeah. with like the the cause aspect of how do we ensure that people are taken care of and like how do we ensure that dignity is provided mm-hmm. in um, overseas work and I just was like it just blew my mind that that could exist together. So that's really my introduction into ethical fashion was was coming to work for Noonday and learning about job provision mm-hmm. through jewelry and accessories and and spent you know the the next four years just soaking in all of that information and really how at the end of the day people are looking for a good job Mm -hmm. and and that makes all the sense in the world to me to provide jobs however we can in whatever outlet that we're interested in whether that is in fashion or in you know ensuring that they have different marketing practices for their businesses overseas like there's just a lot of ways to go about that which I'm a big believer in yeah that's such a beautiful story which some of that I didn't even know and I just love it so much I love hearing uh kind of how your life journey has taken you all sorts of different paths and here you are so I would love to hear a little Mm -hmm. bit more about you know 
okay, so you have an international heart, you work with refugees, you love fashion, you work with Noonday Collection, and then I'd love to hear a little bit more about where you are right now, right? So Noonday Collection was yeah. a beautiful season, and you were there for a long time, but now you own your own business, and you're engaged in all of these countries. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about Trove, um, sure. a little bit more about like transitioning into that space. Uh-huh. Sure. So I, I do. I do. It's so it's hard to even say that still that like I have a company, you know, <laughs> like that's a weird thing coming out of my mouth. But I always thought in the back of my mind, like someday I'll have my own thing. Um, it's just a matter of when and when's the right time. So I, I learned at Noonday that there is a market for women who want fair trade everything. Yeah. So Noonday does fair trade jewelry and accessories and then they're beautiful. And I just saw how how women wanted all the things to go with it. Yeah. They ask about clothing. They ask about clothing in all of our catalogs at Noonday. You know, they fill their homes with goods from around the world, from the companies that offer that and upon their travels. I mean, it's like all these women are bringing home rugs and vases mm-hmm. and like doing whatever they can to get that in their, their lives here. So really, I just saw a market and a need for, oh, there needs to be clothing that is affordable, stylish, mm-hmm. and responsibly made. Because I felt like those three stipulations were really hard to find for me. As a woman who is in the middle mass sector, you know, who is not, who's not just like killing it in life and can afford <laughs> a $400 kimono. Yeah. You know, yeah. like someday, right? Maybe. But like that day is not today. I wanted to hit that middle mass market sector of... How do I how do I offer um, an option for women who shop at Target, know that they don't want to, but feel like there's not an option out right. there? And you know, I'm also someone who's not a minimalist. Like I don't wear black or yeah. navy, and I don't have a capsule collection. That's just not my personal style. All for that if that's your personal style. But I like to wear color and patterns, mm-hmm. and I like to keep on trend. So like, there's this whole element of trove that is. I, I want to be on trend and I want to have colorful patterns, but I want it to be sustainably made and affordable. Yeah. So I, that's why I brought in um, the price points that I did, um, the varying colors and patterns from all the countries that we work in, because I wanted to hit on that girl. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that I personally wanted as a consumer, I just didn't feel like were out there. So you're at Noonday Collection and you're like, I'm going to start a company. Yeah. Yeah. So then what happens? Mm-hmm. You just are like... I mean, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about, you know, you source from, I think, what is it, four different countries? Uh-huh. And so I'd love to hear, yeah. like, how did those relationships get established? How did you, you know, um, decide to decide on those countries and, and engage with those artisans? Sure. I knew that I wanted to work in multiple countries because I know that there's need in multiple countries. So that was like the whole, I want to source from various places and not just stick to you know, for instance, in India, you can make almost anything, right? Yeah. Like I could just work in India, which is would be wonderful. And I would love that. But I wanted to bring in textiles from other countries because it's such an important part of the culture in those places and the heritage of those places. And I knew that there was need in all those places. So if I can help provide jobs mm-hmm. in various countries, then I'm all about it. And so I started prototyping some things and seeing like, is this even a thing? Can I even do this? You know, you go through all those things. I mean, I, I'm, I'm only six months in, so I'm still going through all those things, which is, is this really a thing? Is this really a business? Like, can I really do this? Which is fun because you find out how resourceful you actually yeah. are. <laughs> and you find out what you're made yeah. of, out of. 
because it's so easy to quit. Like, I'm already, <laughs> I'm only six months in, and I'm like, I could have quit several mm-hmm. times by now. So I like the whole process of starting something, and I like the whole pro- like the self-discovery process of, of figuring out what you're made of, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Now, so as we've started Cultivated Fashion, and right now it's a blog, a vlog, wonderful podcast, I have a support system. My supper club is like, you could do it, girl. You've got this when I'm like freaking out mm-hmm. on a Saturday night and we're eating dinner. Do you have a good support system in Austin of women that are cheering you on? And for sure. do you have those freak out moments? Like, what did I get myself into? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we have a, like a small group uh, here in Austin that we do life with. Like I'm talking, we moved into the neighborhood that they like we've all selected a neighborhood and like strategically over the years moved to this neighborhood i love that so we live life really intentionally here um, with our group of friends and i mean they know the ins and outs of our lives you know personally individually together as a married couple i mean i think maybe a year and a half two years ago talking to one of my dear friends lee being so scared to even voice this into like I'm, I'm going to start a clothing yeah. company and I'm going to make it fair trade. And this is really, really hard uh-huh. to do. And she's not even yeah. in this world, right? Like this is my friend who works at a church and, you know, like her husband's a pastor and like, she's like, okay. Like she, she, she doesn't understand the, the whole like nuances mm-hmm. of supply chain management, but she is like such a warrior for, for God's like call on your life and such a warrior for me as a person, as a woman and what I'm called to that she was like, how do we map this out? How do we make this real? Like even just me telling her that I was crying (laughs) because I was so scared to even tell her that. And she's like my best friend, you know, like, because that makes it real. When you speak it Mm -hmm. out loud, it makes it real. And then you know you have to follow up on it. So I oscillate each day still like saying, oh, I'm a marketing consultant. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the next day, if I feel more confident, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I, I own a small business. You know, like it just, it just depends on where you are for the day. I'm mm-hmm. like, can I really do this? Yeah. Like, what is my, my net underneath me if I fail at this? Mm-hmm. You know, I love that, Jacqueline, because I think, you know, so many of our listeners are probably not small business owners, right? And, Mm -hmm. but they all have those spaces in their life where they are, it takes courage to own who they are, what they do, their dreams, their deepest heart desires. And, um, I think just hearing your story of, I think sometimes people can look at small business owners or women that from the outside can like seem super successful, right? Like, Oh, Jacqueline, she's so trendy. And like, they would go to your Instagram account and be like, she's got it all together. This whole thing is just going so smooth. There's no like, you know, (laughs) speed bumps or anything. And so I think hearing stories of other women who are owning their courage, right? And being brave and essentially standing in a space and saying, day to day, I actually don't say the same thing about who I am and what I do because I'm still working up the courage to even own the thing that I've been doing for six months. Like this is taking all of my life. And so I don't know. I just love that story because I think about the things in my own life that the spaces where I'm like not owning the things that are in my heart, you know, and Mm -hmm. not, not being brave about it, not having courage about it. And, or even maybe this sense of like, 
I'm going to put it over in the corner, and, you know, if something happens with it, great, but if not, that's okay, mm -hmm. too, you know, when really it's actually really um, important to me, and so mm -hmm. um, I just really love that, that vulnerable space and just hearing about that, so I wanted to ask you a little bit more about, so you started Trove, you're six months in. You talk about this whole thing about supply chain management and you're mm -hmm. having this ethical um, fashion company. With and gorgeous pieces. With gorgeous pieces that everyone needs to Thanks. go look at. I wanted to talk about we want to make things really simple. Yeah. We want it to be this clean cut, like you're either a good company or you're a bad company. And, you're, and right. if you're a good company, then... If I was to like come and look at your supply chain, it'd be 100% clean and there'd be no issues involved. And, you mm -hmm. know, and I think that one of the things I'd love for you to talk about is you've been in the ethical fashion, you know, industry for years and then now owning your own small business. I'd love for you to talk about what you've discovered as far as kind of the good, the bad, the ugly of this whole thing. And why does it yeah. matter that women purchase ethically when, when sure. it is so complex? Why does it matter that that is the choice that make that they make? Yeah. Gosh, this is a huge question. Yeah. So we'll break it down. Um, you know, there's no easy way of explaining uh, fair trade or even participating in fair trade, to be honest, because it's such a massive, complex industry. Um, shopping ethically takes time, energy, mm -hmm. the ability to compromise and consciously decide what practices are deal breakers for you. Right. You know, so it's like it's such a personal ethos of like, what do you hold valuable mm -hmm. and what do you want to continue to pursue? Um, you know, because even separating it out into what's the difference between ethical fashion, fair trade fashion, eco-friendly fashion, right. handmade, sustainable, like these are all the key buzzwords that you hear and that a lot of people just don't know the difference between. You have to decide what is important to you. Like are you focused more, because in the broad picture, there is probably not a single company that is like 100% right. fairly made. There's always a bead that comes from a different place, mm -hmm. a certain textile, there's just, I would be shocked if it's like 100% of their supply chain is all fair, fairly made or fairly right. orchestrated because it's just so complex overseas. You know, they, they outsource uh, labor, they outsource materials because they have to get the job done in a certain amount of time mm -hmm. and they only have a certain amount of resources at their disposal, you right. know? And so that makes sense why they need to source beads from China and Guatemala, mm -hmm. you know, like that makes sense that they don't naturally produce that there. That's the bigger, the bigger like answer I have for you is you've got to find out what's important to you. Like for me and my company, um, you know, I am committed to fair trade labor practices. So, so I can say that Trove is an mm -hmm. ethical fashion company because that's a broader term that encompasses fair trade and sustainable fashion. Now tell us what countries is Trove in? You're in India? I'm in India, Guatemala, Nepal, and Rwanda right now. And have you had the chance to travel to all those countries? I have. I have not been to Nepal yet or Rwanda. If you but, need a traveling um, buddy, I just will say, I'm here. I'm here for you. Yes. Girls, yes. Well, I'll be in Myanmar um, early next year. Okay. So just let me know. I'll just pop on over to Nepal. 
Yes, we'll just have please. a little like little chit chat. She's you know? got her. I do. Melissa's got her. Well, world I was map trying to out. see my world map. You know, I was fuzzy on my countries to see how many countries it is between Burma and Nepal. It's only it's so only great. technically one. You know, we've got yeah, it's just, just Bangladesh. Just got to go through Bangladesh. That's it. Little road. Little I mean, road I would trip. love to work in Bangladesh. Yeah. You know, that's on my list mm-hmm. of like I want to work in. Cambodia and I want to work in Bangladesh because I know mm-hmm. again those are the places that you hear about in the news Victoria's, right you yeah. hear about them having really terrible practices right. and it's it's hard to like when you start hearing about all the poor um like practices that are going on there like you that that causes me to want to look into that country and do something different yeah. So Bangladesh is on my list to work in. Cambodia is on my list to work in. Vietnam is on my list. We have friends uh, that go to the University of Tulsa from Bangladesh, and they're like engineering students. Amazing. And it's some. I just brought it up over dinner one night. Okay, tell me about fashion factory workers in Bangladesh, and it's just a big conversation. Oh my gosh, everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody in Bangladesh knows. Mm-hmm. It seemed like just these two yeah. folks that we've randomly met that are like, oh yeah, it's everybody knows about it. Right. Right. Okay, well, we are about done, um, and it has been so lovely to talk to you. I would love for you to take the last couple of minutes, um, and I would love for you to highlight any fashion brands that you know, whether they're small businesses. Obviously, Trove is, um, you know, awesome, And but what are other small companies that you're like, you know what? Our listeners, like you guys really need to go check out this company or go check out this brand because they're doing a great job and they're sourcing this particular item that I love. Let's see. I, I'm like, where's my phone? Because I find a lot of these brands on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I just went to a pop-up market, too, for Trove. So that's mm-hmm. another thing. Like, pop-up markets are great for discovering local or even artisanal-made goods because we don't have the – we don't have the um, infrastructure to be this giant company yet. So pop-up markets do a great job of highlighting small businesses. And I went to one last weekend in Houston. Oh, I have to think of it. Let me, can I grab my, oh, I'm, <laughs> I was like, where's my phone? Um, I just want to say the name of the company because I want her to get business. Awesome. Um, she designs all of her jewelry and she does some certain um, apparel and hats. And I bought this amazing straw hat. She's Colombian. It has like a pom-pom on it and they sell these hats. Like she imports them from Colombia and knows everyone who makes oh, them. I love that. And they sell these hats at Saks for like $600. No, oh, wow. What? And, and I, I bought this hat from her for $60, you know, like I love it. it's incredible. So you're seeing goods in giant department stores that are artisanal made, but like, you know, who knows how they're going about getting those, who knows like the, the constraints that they're putting on these groups. So, and the upsell, right? I mean, you think about like they're selling it for $600 and how much of that $600 is actually going, you know, is actually a part of what the artisan has been paid. That's also, it's crazy to me. Right. So all that to say, um, I don't know the name of her company, but I will figure it out. And uh, pop-up markets are a great way to find new brands and locally sourced items, um, small businesses. Some of the bigger brands that I find in department stores, like if, if you're not, if pop-up markets aren't your thing or shopping online isn't your thing, uh, Levi's has a great mm-hmm. production supply, like supply chain, like Rag and Bone is another good one. Mm-hmm. They're carried at Macy's, like Levi's is carried at places like Kohl's, yeah. you know, like you think of Kohl's and you think, you know, no way. But, like, there are brands that they carry that are mm-hmm. ethically produced. It's just a matter of finding out what those are. 
That's so helpful because I am, I'm the kind of person who avoids real life shopping unless it's secondhand because I don't know. So right. to know I can walk in and be like a pair uh-huh. of Levi's are, you know, mm-hmm. I can be confident when I buy that or rag and bone. I can be confident when I buy that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, I looked up those brands through, um, fashion revolution has this index mm-hmm. that they do and, and they go in and, uh, ask some of the major, um, retailers, you know, questions about their practices and how, you know, what their supply chain looks like. And so it rates their transparency. Um, and, and it is all on their website. You can look it up there. Some of their top rated transparency brands are people like H&M. Again, you would think H&M has horrible ethical standards, but they've, they're not, um, they're not to the standard of a fair trade company, but they are working towards that. They are making giant pivotal shifts in the way that they operate and so they are, they're in their highest ranked index of transparency. Mm, so that's... if you need a quick, like a quick and dirty buy that you need to get to a department store and get something like H&M is in their highest index scoring um, category. Wow. That's so helpful. Yeah. I think all of our listeners just fell in love with you all over again because you <laughs> just were like, if you need it right now, you can go to H&M. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and that's like another thing of, you know, my whole closet is not ethical. Right. Like, you know, that's going to take me years. That's going to take my whole life to really, like, start compiling mm-hmm. an entire wardrobe that I'm real, that I love and that I want to wear. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not sustainable for me to throw everything out that I've ever bought from fast fashion retailers and go, this is my life now. I have to abide by these standards. It's like, no, that would be a waste. Yeah. That would be not sustainable for me to do. So... You know, if you're making small decisions, mm-hmm. intentional decisions t- over time, like that's, that's like progress, that, you know, sure. um, when I'm 75 years old, I hope my closet <laughs> looks like that, you know? Well, and when you're 75, I hope we have, first of all, a ton more companies to choose from. And second of all, right. so many more of our large companies have been moved in that direction, right? Because that's really totally. what we want. We want industry-wide right. standards changing. Yes, you're exactly right. And at 75, I want what we're doing to not be the niche. I want it to be the norm. Yeah, yes. for sure. For sure. Okay, tell us where you're going in the spring. Anything we can be looking forward oh, man. to put you on yes. the spot? So, oh gosh, girl, of course. Um, so I'm working with this new group in India that does silk shibori mm. that I have seen some pictures of like the samples and it is like freaking to die for. So I can't wait to get that in my hands. So like kimono, flowy uh-huh. mustards and oh. indigos and this beautiful blush that is going to like rock your world. So I should start um, And this that. is a, <laughs> yes, yes. And again, like I try to price everything right. like under a hundred dollars. Oh, sure. I don't know if this line's going to be able to do uh-huh. that because it's silk, but I, I, be, please know I'm trying to keep us oh, yeah. in that like middle market budget. And I'm headed to India, you know, in about a month to pick up my daughter. So if you need me to go test model it, you just know, stop I'll in, drop in. Bring, yes. some stuff back. bring some samples back. We'll just keep them here in I Tulsa mean, for just, you know, a month or two. Wear them around. Yeah, no problem, girl. <laughs> Send it no down. Um, I'm also really excited to, I'm, I'm exploring working in Mexico. Uh-huh. And in Cambodia, there is a factory that is a sustainable factory in Cambodia that I'm working with to produce a line in the fall. Love it. 
I'm so excited. I can't wait. You said the word blush, and I'm just over the moon. <laughs> it's my favorite color right now. I know, now. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. I, I haven't seen the picture of that yet because, you know, so much is just back and forth mm -hmm. of let, let me see it, and then you wonder if the quality of the picture is even good enough for you to make a decision. So it's it's just hard. Mm -hmm. It's cumbersome to to do business online overseas. Like the women in Rwanda, you know, they had they had flip phones, and they were sending me pictures, and then I would get fabric in, and it would be completely yeah. a different color based on the quality of their their camera. Yeah. And so I was like, we have to fix this. I have an old iPhone. It is coming to you tomorrow. You know, I need to be able yeah. to see these these fabrics, <laughs> right. like, for what they are in the market before you buy them. So, you know, just it's constant problem solving mm -hmm. of how do we do business as efficiently as we can while not being together in person um, on the yeah. ground. Okay, last question for you. This is the question we always ask, which is, okay, tell us about a recent purchase that you're loving and what is next up on your filling in your closet like list what's the thing that you've got your eye on I mean if I'm real I'm just being honest uh I bought these this new pair of mules from Urban Outfitters mm -hmm. not a very ethical <laughs> brand but like they were vegan leather yeah so I'm like okay it touches on one of the things that I aspire to be as a company and as a person who's you know curating her closet um and they're black mules and they have a wooden heel and they're gorgeous and they were on sale love it so I, I'm loving those and something that I want is there's this company here in Austin called SB Apparel that is all um, locally made in, I think their factory is in Louisiana, and it's organic, like, cotton. And it is just, like, beautiful and minimal, and it's just it's just pristine. And her higher price points are higher, so it's like, I've got to save mm -hmm. for that. And, you know, that might be my, like, one Christmas present this year. But, like, at least I know about them. They're on my radar, and I can save for that you know and I know that she has fairly made pieces that are made here in the U.S. Um, and that are is organic cotton which again is not something that I can do right now in my company but I totally appreciate and love right. when companies can yeah. do that yeah. awesome awesome well, this has been so much fun. Thank you, gals. Thanks for um, having me. Oh, man. I think you're just such a wellspring of knowledge and resources. You know, your story goes so deep into this, and it's so apparent that, like, what you're doing is tied to deep places in your heart, but that you're also, you know, you talked about this, you're also willing to live in the tension of an mm -hmm. imperfect world, right? Oh, man. In your, we have right, to. In your purchases and in the way that you, like, what you're focusing on, and I just think that is going to be so freeing for so many of our listeners oh my gosh well we appreciate yeah. your time today i hope you have a awesome day i hope you get real pictures of fabrics that are not taken on flip phones so that you can make decisions <laughs> thank you thank you thank you and you have an awesome time down in austin and a wonderful christmas thank you thanks no gals. problem we'll talk to you later I hope you all enjoyed hearing from Jacqueline today. We so enjoyed our conversation with her and loved getting to know her just a little bit better. We will have all of the links to the companies and shops that she talked about in our show notes over at cultivated.fashion. So head over there and you can shop some of the wonderful companies that she did talk about. Also, check out Trove 
beautiful company, beautiful pieces, and I cannot wait to see their spring line. We will be back in a few weeks with a new episode after the new year. In the meantime, check us out online, cultivated.fashion, or on Instagram at cultivatedfashion. Have a wonderful and Merry Christmas.